Where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Paul, what are we talking about? Do you have a bad synopsis? I do. You ready for this? I'm so ready. I might have to do a couple takes. Hold on. Let me get my mouth ready. Oh, no. (laughs) Homicidal horticulturalist turns his close friends and family into compost. Ah, perfect. Homicidal horticulturist. It's a lot of alliteration for me. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Uh, Very nice. That's right, fuckers. We're talking about Little Shop of Horrors, which was released on December 19th, 1986, directed by Frank Oz, screenplay by Howard Ashman, starring Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia, and Steve Martin. Just going to say Frank Oz, one of the all-time greats ever. Frank Oz. Let's put that out there. Absolutely. Rotten Tomatoes score is 90% and the audience score is 79%. Wow, only 79%. Yeah, that's what I thought. What was your experience of this as a kid? So I don't want to jump too far ahead. This is a movie I saw as a kid, but I probably saw it in the 90s at some point. Definitely not uh, in the 80s, I don't think. Loved it. I I probably watched it because of who is in it more Mm -hmm. than knowing what it was, I think. Uh, Rick Moranis fan and then knowing like steve martin bill murray's in this for a hot second yeah but then also we maybe when we get to the end we can talk about our our experience of the end of this movie because there's different endings there is different endings so i very specifically saw one of the endings growing up and didn't realize there was another ending so we, I'll, we'll save that for a little bit. But did you have an experience? Yes. As with many things, I specifically remember the specific <laughs> first time that I saw this. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes, because there's something wrong with me. And this is why I don't know math, because my brain hangs on to these things. But uh-huh. a million years ago when this came out-ish, you know, it was on uh, released on home videotape from the, mm-hmm. you know, from the video factory or the blockbuster. The beta? The beta? Yeah. Uh, And once upon a time, and I want to say this was still like shortly after it came out. So like maybe my sister was still in middle school or early high school and my father let her have a cool party. A cool like party. I'm doing, I'm doing quotes. You can't see. Like, what's a cool we were, party about? I like a cool kid party where like the adults were pretending like they weren't there, but they obviously were upstairs. And you put so, soda in the solo cups. And I think it was soda. Yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah. get a big pizza and put some music right, on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, we were a bit. We were, you know, then we had to stay upstairs, uh, and the party was occurring downstairs, and the uh. little dorky sister and the parents had to stay upstairs. So we uh. rented this movie and we watched it at that time, and that was the first time i saw it your experience was better than the cool party then it was oh yeah it was fun um we ate pizza we got to eat pizza in bed like we were in my parents bedroom watching it on their like little bedroom tv and that was fun and then um i've watched it many times i routinely listen to broadway music and so this comes up on broadway showstoppers because it was an off-broadway show and so i've i've listened to it and watched it multiple times but i hadn't re-watched the whole thing in a while i had listened to it much more then yeah. watch it. So that was fun to get to rewatch it. Um, so you ready for two trivias and a lie? Sure. Okay. So, okay. So number one, when Ellen Green, who plays Audrey, got the part for the film, her castmates from the off-Broadway production sent her a congratulatory Venus flytrap plant instead of flowers. The character of the masochistic dental patient was played by Jack Nicholson in the 1960 film. As part of the film's promotion, the Audrey 2 plant was occasionally interviewed in character by the press, at least once eating the interviewer. Oh, boy. 
I, I, so Audrey getting, or sorry, Ellen Green getting a, a Venus flytrap is cool. Are those people cool enough to do something like that? I guess I mean, they spent a, a lot of time being in their, in a Broadway show about it. Yeah. I like, I, I'm going to choose to believe that three is true, that, that, that they interviewed Audrey too. And it ate the interviewer. That's cool too. Jack Nicholson and. 19 here's a fun fact about me you ready this is how well i know actors when i was a kid i remember very distinctly that i did not know the difference between jack nicholson and jack nicholas the golfer i could not <laughs> keep them straight i didn't know which one was which or That's who we were talking about really fair <laughs> i i had no idea which one was which that was the fact a, I that have... you knew that any golfer's name other than tiger woods is already Impressive. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I only knew Jick Jick Necklace. Jick Necklace. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> yup. Uh, I think I only knew that because it was like the same as Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's very close. But I didn't know about it. In 1960, the Joker, though, the Joker plays golf. <laughs> <laughs> There's a crossover there somewhere. Jack Nicholson probably plays golf. It seems like he does. Yeah, now. Um, man, I don't know. Three is true. In 1960, that's so, why is he, he's so old then? <laughs> he's so old. <laughs> Paul is legitimately sad. He's got his head in his hand. He's thinking about it really hard. Like, All right. I, I am going to go with the Jack Nicholson one is false. That's you my choice. You are wrong. Uh, I made up the first one. Oh, <laughs> I almost went with it too. Yeah, I well, so she is, um, you know, she is the original, the person who originated the role in Off Broadway, and that's really rare that oh. that person gets cast in the film version. It, it does not happen very frequently, um, and so I, I just thought that was precious that I wanted mm-hmm. to like talk about her. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Jack Nicholson. So. So I'll talk about it a little bit more. He's old. Um, It was his first movie, actually. So I'll tell you a little bit of background. So this movie is a film adaptation of the 1982 off-Broadway musical. But the musical, uh, which, by the way, was Alan Menken and, you know, composer. And then Howard Ashman wrote it. Um, And it's that's a remake of the 1960 film Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, directed by Roger Corman. So the the original movie, which I have also seen because I have hmm. seen every black and white B horror movie ever, <laughs> is like a joke in B horror movies because it was filmed in two days. Um, you can watch interviews about this. You're probably all set as far as watching the movie goes. Um, <laughs> unless that's a thing you like. Like, that's a thing I like. And even I think it's only okay. Um it was they left sounds like a perfect patreon group yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i have it somewhere on ancient dvd they left the set up from the filming of a different movie and the guy was like just leave it up for like a couple of days and we're gonna like fuck around a little bit and they just did that thing and i have no idea where they got jack nicholson from and why that was the thing but it's him, and it was his like first movie role, and he's really young. Wow. Okay. Um, and then I think that that might have been cut out of the – I'm not positive on this. I think that part might have been cut out of the Broadway 
show and then added back in, but I could be a little wrong about that. So anyway, yeah, that was kind of its like path to path to how it got to where it is. Um, so the films, we I know you want to talk about the ending, but I have some facts about it. Yeah. So the film's original 23-minute finale is true to the musical's ending, but it was rewritten and reshot against like the director's hopes and wishes because it was test audiences really didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I I read that about it after. <laughs> yeah, so for years it was only available as a black and white work print and like a, at some point in like 2012 it was restored and now you can see it, I guess if you go looking for it. So there were some songs cut from the Broadway musical and then Mean Green Mother from Outer Space is added into the movie. It's interesting because, like I said, I listen to Broadway Pandora a lot. And it's funny because on Broadway Pandora, the Broadway cast will come up and some of the Broadway numbers that aren't in the movie. But then sometimes the movie versions will come up. And there's the Some Fun Now song where he's singing – uh, where they're kind of singing about him being on the news and being mm-hmm. on the radio and all that. They like took that. There's a different song in the Broadway show, but they like took some of the lines and a little bit of the melody to like, they were just trying to move the plot along faster, right. I think, in the movie. But it's funny because as somebody who like prides themselves on like knowing the words to everything, it like blows my mind to hear two <laughs> that are like almost the same, but not really. Yeah. So that's funny. So the studio originally wanted Cindy Lauper for Audrey. She turned it down. There were rumors of fucking get this Barbara Streisand, which I can't imagine in a thousand years. Mm. But Green got the role. They, you know, they uh, Frank Oz just said she's amazing. I couldn't imagine anybody else. Like she nailed it for years. We love her. So like she got the role. Yeah. I watched a documentary because of course I did. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. And so uh what was cute in the documentary is Rick Moranis looks like he's eleven. Yeah. I mean, he looks that way in the movie, but even more so in the documentary because <laughs> okay. he's like sitting in a chair that's too big for him, and he just like. Oh my gosh, I have said, a note about that. Yeah, and they were like, "Well, they wanted me in the movie, but then when Frank Oz came around, I I made sure to tell him, you know, just because these other guys want me in the picture doesn't mean it's your picture." And he just kept saying it real earnest, like, you know, you got to decide if you want me because it's okay if you don't. If you want to go with somebody, else. like what? <laughs> And then no one can stop talking in the documentary about how he's the perfect casting. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also watched the documentary for um, David Geffen's creepy eyebrows. And <laughs> so there's that. Uh, so part of the giant 007. There's a whole scene, documentary just on it's David Geffen. just the brows. <laughs> Um, part of the giant 007 stage was used to film Suddenly Seymour. All of this is in a soundstage, which I'm sure you can tell if you're really mm-hmm. looking. Because the soundstage was so big, it was impractical or aka expensive to heat properly. And so it caused their breath to show because they were so cold. And oh. so they instead of turning the heat up, they made Audrey and Seymour put ice cubes in their mouths. <laughs> well. So to like counteract, which is really cute. So I didn't know that you could do that. Is that a thing? You can put an I ice mean, cube in your mouth and it... if you think about it, the reason it makes condensation visible is because your breath is so yeah, hot. I guess it must if be a thing, right? Cold, I mean it must be. This would be the first time that Rick Moranis and Steve Martin would work together. They would later appear in Parenthood, My Blue Heaven, and LA Story. The Audrey Two Puppet is 
designed by Lyle Conway, who had previously worked on The Muppet Show, The Dark Crystal. Like almost everybody that worked on this had already worked with Frank Oz for like a variety of things. So I thought this was really cool and I'm so glad I read it before I watched this. So come on this journey with me. All right, I'm ready. They wanted to... They couldn't figure out how to make the plants' movements look convincing, even though there was tons and tons of parts that were moving, and it took like 60 people to move it. So they kept trying, and it wouldn't work. And what they did was they ran it backwards and forward. They were like looking at the test footage and messing with it, and they realized that if they ran it faster, it looked more convincing and lifelike. So then they filmed it at a slower speed so that they could like speed it up. But, like, that was mostly fine, except for, like, you know, slowing it down, it looked like it was talking really fast. And they were like, look, this is perfect. So the frame rate is 12 to 16 frames per second, which is much slower than regular. But, like, when he had to be in the same shot with the plant, he had Mm -hmm. to, like, pantomime and lip sync, like, in slow motion. (laughs) Because then they would, like, speed it up. Right. So you'll notice there's not a lot of shots where it's talking and you can like see the other person talking back because right. it yeah. like, was hard to do. And I wouldn't have noticed that if I hadn't already read this fact. But it's funny because later in the documentary, um, they didn't talk about that in the documentary. But in the, when you watch it, they show them moving the puppet and you can hear that they're playing the song really slowed down. Right. Yeah. And it's just so funny. Like... It seems like a really ing- – a lot of it, like, when they show the plant growing, they literally just moved it forward on the ca- – like, moved the camera toward it. Like, <laughs> it's like, we did some really simple tricks. There was almost no green screen. Um, so there's six different stages of plant. There were three different versions of Mushnik's shop so that they could film with different units at the same time. Mm. The biggest one is, yeah, 60 puppeteers. That's crazy. And Rick Moranis was talking about how, you know, you know, you talk to your your coworkers and your fellow actors. And then when they call cut and, you know, you go get everyone else goes all those guys working it go off to go get tea. And so sometimes I would just be like, oh, hi, how you doing? Talk to the plant like he is such a little goober. It was so funny. I love him. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space was an Oscar nominated song and the first one to include profanity. Nice. Okay. Yep. Uh, Bill Murray's scene in the waiting room was filmed as scripted, but then there's virtually no written dialogue for his dentist chair. Oh, that's obvious. That's obvious. that's obvious. So it was two days of filming, and then he just yelled. Yep. Uh, (laughs) So the Greek chorus girls um, are all named after 50s and 60s girl groups, Renats, Chiffons, and the Crystals. Oh, nice. And also, the two of them ended up working together on um, Martin later. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was two of them. I Trish knew Campbell Gina. And then, yeah. yeah. Damn, yes, Gina. Yeah. Damn, Gina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's so pretty. We'll get to it. Uh, the shot pulling away from Audrey after the song Summer That's Green was so long, it actually required two cranes, uh, one placed on top of the other, which is fucking bonkers. I have so many fun facts. There was so much cool shit about this you movie. Put a, why would you put a crane on top a of it? A crane on a crane. Okay. <laughs> They spent not... so much time thinking about whether they could. They didn't think about whether they <laughs> Yeah. you like this one. So the dental tools in Oren's office used during Bill Murray's scene would again be in Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. They're ah. the tools used on, guess who? Jack Nicholson's Joker. Nice. After he fell into the chemicals, which is coincidentally that he was... Uh-huh. The patient oh, in the first awesome. movie. So I thought that was super fun. They went and they obtained all the 
costumes from old thrift shops because they were trying to get period realism. And then they couldn't find garbage cans that were like they could find a lot of stuff easily, but they couldn't find garbage cans because like there's not garbage cans in thrift stores usually. So the set decorator drove around with a truck filled with new garbage cans. And if she saw an old one, she would ask to trade. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So I liked that. Um, It was the most expensive movie that Warner Brothers produced at the same time. It was made at the same time as Aliens, and it was more expensive than Aliens. Whoa, seriously? Yeah. $25 million. Aliens was $18 million. How though? What's that? And when Geffen, you... when Geffen originally was like pitching this to get public, he was like, this will be cheap. It's like, a, it's just one room and yeah. like, it's going to be like $9 million, $25 million. Holy cow. Yeah. The young girl leaving the dentist's office and all the headgear, that's Heather Henson, Jim Henson's daughter. Yeah. And then both the movies that Steve Martin appeared in in 1986 featured a singing plant. What was the other one, Paul? Steve Martin singing plant. Steve Martin singing. Oh, it was uh, Three Amigos. Yeah, the Three Amigos. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and oh, then the listen, singing plant. What a shitty plant, thing to put in that movie. Like, what a shitty thing in that movie. <laughs> and then last but not least, Gene Wilder was considered for the role of Orin, the, do- the dentist. I can see that. I think Steve I Martin does a good job. Him. I can see Martin it. does a great job. And I don't. There are a few occasions in this life when I want to make out with Steve Martin, but I did like the dark hair. Oh, my God. I wrote a note about the dark hair. The dark hair is totally wrong. No, the dark hair is bad on Steve Martin. What? (laughs) Well, so now we can talk about it. You can tell me all about it. My first note is that the minute I see the Geffen logo, I immediately think of Beetlejuice. (laughs) We're going to watch We're watching Beetlejuice next year. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. I think I already put it on the the next year schedule. I did. Perfect. There's like two things on the next year schedule, and one and of them is Beetlejuice. One of them is Beetlejuice around Halloween. So Speaking of folks, if you have things that you'd like us to put on our list for next year, we're yeah, right in the process of starting to do that. This would be a great time to shoot us an email or tweet at us. Mm-hmm. And also, there's no better gift for the holidays than joining our Patreon or gifting it to a friend. Gifting it to a friend. I was going to say. It's Beth, a gift you can give yourself, Paul. <laughs> Those are the best kind of gifts. Hanging out with us. Yeah. So maybe on our Patreon, we should have a part. One of the levels should be when you join, you get to say, hey, we're doing this. And you get to come on and be part of that episode. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So, so Patreon, Patreon.com slash Yeah. Good. That's um, okay. the name of the site where you need to go. That's, That's important. Where you would go to do such a thing. I love the logo. I think the logo is great. Yep. I said, oh no, another crawl to start the movie. <laughs> I know. So did I. I forgot about the crawl, but I. Like, I totally forgot about the crawl. I know that song, though. So it makes sense that it's a crawl. And then the Greek chorus comes on. And every time they yes. come on, I just go, hey, girls. They're awesome. And I, I, they're so good. And they give. So I had heard somebody in the documentary saying, like, this is a good movie and the plot is fun and it's good and the songs are good, but like the girls give it the style. Like they like tie it together. Yes. I, and I, more movies should have choruses. Or, I agree. And I like, can't decide. I can't decide like what outfit. Every time they come on, I'd be like, this is the best outfit. Nope, this is the best <laughs> outfit. Like, nope, yeah. this is the best one. So I don't know they, if you have a favorite, but. I don't have a favorite outfit. I don't even have a favorite outfit that I wear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Paul, you're not wearing their outfits. I'm just saying. That's they true. Really maybe, maybe I would. They really uh, fucking went for it. My. Outfits are more like Rick Moranis style, which yeah. I'm pretty sure his signature style is like clothes that are slightly too small for him. But he that has seems like, like no D and D t-shirts, which oh, is sorry, mostly what what we we both really love graphic tees. Yeah. So the chorus. I want to get back to the chorus Pause. because. I love that. I, I wrote in my notes, you can check. I'm not typing. I wrote one of the things I love about them is their outfits. It's yeah, on there. It's so good. I love the placements of them. They're, yeah. They show up in like different places in the shot and things yes. during songs. And you're like, well, that's just great. And like, I love the way they change through the movie. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that they are apart from it as like a chorus, right? So they're they're yeah. clearly not dressed in the same style as everyone around them. Right. right. They're kind of right. set apart as a chorus. Because everybody then they, else is in Skid Row. Right. Everybody else is in Skid Row. And they're like super glam sort of. Right. Yeah. And but then they also interact and they're part of the movie. And they're like also sort of characters on Skid Row. Like they have that yeah. moment where they talk to like why aren't you in school? Like right, I'm, right, right. Yeah, why aren't like, you in school, honey? Yeah. No. Yeah, so right. I, they're they're brilliant. They're brilliant. I <laughs> they're love. Brilliant. They sound great. They fucking sound great. Tisha yeah. Campbell is giving it absolute hell. Like yeah. her face, her moves. The other girls in the documentary were like, "Well, she knew how to do the things. We had to have dance <laughs> training." <laughs> she choreographed the Fly Girls, by the way. Mm. She was in a couple of those kid and play movies, and she choreographed the Fly Girls. I had to Google it because I had it in my head that she was a Fly Girl, but she never was officially uh, like on the show, but she choreographed them. So that's another fun fact. Huh. They sound great. I love the phrase Sturm and Drang, and that's in that song. Feel the Sturm and Drang in the okay. air. I love it. So they sound great. And then I like, what's going on down there, Seymour? Very little. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote Rick Moranis, you're the best. He's my he's favorite. The best. He's, he's the so best. good. And he's just a mess. Um, I love Audrey's uh, shoes. Music. Her shoes. Her shoes. Oh. The arrival. Just the whole <laughs> arrival. The yeah. shoe, like the sweep of her, the camera sweep of her body, her little arrival. And I like Mushnik's comments. I'm starting to think maybe he's not such a nice boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he's ultimately kind of a turd, Mushnik, but like. He is. He does like. He's complicated, though, because he also isn't, isn't the impression you get that he he adopted Rick Moranis, Seymour, and raised him, but also sort of is using him as Correct. like he adopted him as like and slave labor, really, sort of. Like, he's not adopted, adopted. Right. He's just like, the, hey, you can live here now. So in the Broadway show, one of the songs that they've cut is called Mushnik and Sons. And oh. they, in the show, he says that he'll adopt him. Because he's making the place so yeah, so he's so, kind of he's, a turd. He's yeah. trying to say that so that it'll be his too, because then they'll be right. a family. Right. So he is a bit. He's a complicated turd. <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah. I wrote that. I this has the movie has a very stage play theater sort yes, of feel. Yes, I wrote to that it. somewhere too. Like Audrey's movements are very stage. Yeah, they're very much the way you move on a stage, but. It all works. Like yeah, it, it works. really, really works. And I, I think that's partly too because it's on a sound stage and everything is so enclosed and built just to be this mm-hmm. little fantastic world of the story. Like I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I love the Skid Row song. Man, all of yes. literally yes. everybody that they got to sing all of those random lines is perfect. 
It's yeah. stupid. It is. There's this, some, whole thing, I, this whole thing is going to be me singing. I hope you know that. Um, I love when he says, he calls me a slob, which I am. <laughs> there's some, okay, here's, here's where I wrote, I wrote the lyric, where they rip your slips. Okay. Where they rip your slips. <laughs> yeah. And it's the guys just a, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like a throwaway sort of line. And this is where I want to digress slightly and just say there's some real shit going on in this movie. Yes. Uh, that is, I think there, you can watch this movie as a sci-fi flick. That's just about a plant that eats people. And you can right. miss a whole lot of the actual stuff that's happening in this movie. Sure, which I and, surely did as a kid, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely missed it. And yeah. I, I think, I think there's a tendency too to say, like, sci-fi is trash. Uh, sometimes mainstream treats sci-fi genre as trash. Like, this is we're just this is just for the nerds. Which fine, whatever. We're a show called Nerd Canon, but like <laughs> right. that it's not taken seriously. And for as as much as this is a movie about a plant puppet who eats people, there's some real stuff. And it's like, I think it's one of a sign, a hallmark of really great sci-fi that part of it is it's holding a reflection, like holding a mirror up to Absolutely. present day and holding a mirror up to real actual shit that's happening in the world. Absolutely. And we this, talked I think about this movie that. has it in spades. I think it does too. We talked about that too, when we did back to the future and, and yeah. you know what it talked about. And, and I think with this, like, there's so much. There's so mm -hmm. many. How many people don't have enough money and don't have enough self-esteem mm -hmm. and they make poor choices because they think it's their only option? Like that happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. Audrey's in a, in a, I mean, Steve Martin is hilarious as the dentist, but it's like, it's legit oh, an abusive relationship. That, like, yeah. In the Broadway show, one of the lines before she sings that somewhere that's green, one of one of the Greek chorus says, she goes, oh, just somewhere. Where is that, honey? An emergency room? Like they, yeah. he's just beating the absolute shit out of her yeah which i will say not to jump but she is wearing like a fucking scarf on her arm and i'm a little annoyed that it's not a real cast now it's probably not a real cast oh, she couldn't yeah. afford to go right. to the real doctor right. but it makes it less upsetting uh, yeah i think so it like i kind of want it to be like yeah it's a real thing that he really is hurting her but anyway that's later right. i love to go back to Skid Row, that that moment in musicals where we do that purposeful fast walking when we're getting when the song is ramping up, <laughs> yeah. so they, they are doing that, and then they end at the same corner of a building on each side of the corner, and it's just it's so good because I feel the like choreography is great. I'm so not good. a theater kid by any stretch of the imagination. I have right. no choreography experience. I don't really get it, but it's really great to me. That's just so all the foot, the simultaneous foot tapping. Yes, like, and just the way everybody moves like seamlessly, like. It, mm -hmm. It is. And I think, again, that's because it's the soundstage. Like, it, you can, every single little movement and every, like, arch of the camera, like, it's really good. Yep. So, I love yep. how Seymour just does, like, nervous yell talk. <laughs> like, he's, like, a lot of times when he's talking to Mushnick, it's kind of a yell. I couldn't help noticing that strange and unusual plant. They all say <laughs> it. Like, that fucking guy is terrifying. That guy's smile. and Yeah, he looks like a robot. He yeah, is Uncanny Valley, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a date with that no good, Nick. You need medical. Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a lot of, yeah. And so my note there was, like, this plot moves so quick. Like, there's very little dialogue in between. It's snappy and there's a lot of like jokes. And then 
it goes into an, the next great song. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. super quick. That whole first, yep. like, hour, it just is super quick. Baby Chewy is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he even said when they were making it, I watched the guys make, and he showed the little baby one and the thing, and he's like, "Well, it has to be something cute that Seymour would want right. to have." Right. <laughs> like, Beth, having seen the ending of this movie, would still buy Audrey too uh, from a street corner. <laughs> there's like a joke that like white women will pet every dog, including like murder dogs. Like, yeah. I, I would would have Audrey too. Yep. Yep. And. And she would love me. <laughs> I yeah, I I don't know if this was meant to be a joke, but it's in the like Maxwell House can, and it says "Good to the last drop," and he's giving it drops of blood. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. It never occurred to me before, but it made me chuckle when That's it was a good joke. Yeah, that's a good joke. John Candy. John Candy's. We, I can't decide how I feel about John Candy in this movie. Is weird like, is radio show. Guy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And you like, yeah, I hair. feel like they just said, John Candy, can you be a radio show host? And he showed up with like, I got this suitcase of all these weird uh, sound effect things I'm going to use. And I did my hair strangely today. So can I yeah. like, <laughs> no, he, yeah. era, which is the thing like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep talking myself in and out of John Candy. Like, do I like this or not? I can't. Well, you like him in general. Right? I like John Candy in general. I think right. he's great, but. Yeah, you are the, not sure about this. I'm not sure about well, the weird radio show. Like two minutes. It doesn't, right? Yeah, it doesn't last long. I have Audrey's <laughs> fantasy of typical suburban life. Right, uh, right, right, right. She's, what's, um, the, what's the name of the song she's singing? Uh, uh, Somewhere her, That's Green. Somewhere That's Green. I, I love mean, the way she she know, caresses I mean, the toaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With those nails. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like a big, enormous 12-inch screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she, she just, she is so, she's special. She's something special. Like, mm-hmm. I just love, her performance is so good. <laughs> like, I'm so glad they cast her and not, you know, so, not that somebody else couldn't have done a good job, but I just think she's a delight. She is good. And then we get to, you know, he's all anemic, the plant's bigger, they have all this business, and they make a reference to Mrs. Shiva because they need a funeral arrangement. Hmm. So in the Jewish tradition, when you die, you sit Shiva. Mm-hmm. around with the body and so in the original movie they made that joke that there was the you know the shiva family and they're dropping like flies and uh. forgot so they like kind of brought that joke there's not a lot that like of the like very specific character stuff that stayed but that stayed yeah. funny i, I thought it was funny her. just that audrey's sitting there putting she's dashing she's lilies with glitter exactly. <laughs> she's the fucking her doing this arrangement, she's got five scraggly ass lilies, and she's looking at it. She does the like Doctor Scalpel, like she has right. blue, and then she goes glitter, and yeah. she flings it like it's so good, it's so dumb, it's so yeah, it's so dumb. And then fucking Steve Martin shows up, um, and that the black is, hair is wrong, Beth. Okay, Steve but Martin is not a bad boy. He's got. He's a bad their motorcycle jacket. They say right. it like. Yep. He is a here's bad the thing. Here's the thing. I, I don't like this. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like. 
I love that the Greek chorus is nurses behind him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that hurts. I'm not numb. And God, like... the dentistry is awful. When they, the shot, I hate the worst shot. This whole movie is a shot from inside the inside mouth. The mouth. Like, oh my God. That's awful. Cause I'm a dentist. Like they had to have made like a big puppet mouth, right? There's yes, a big puppet I'm mouth not. somewhere. At no point in the documentary did they talk about the puppet mouth. I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I like here he is, folks, the leader of the plaque. Watch him suck up at that gas. Oh my god! <laughs> I love how they talk to each other. I just love it. Um, so Steve Martin, it took him like six weeks for some reason. Like it took a lot of filming for him to do his mm-hmm. part, and a lot of it was like his idea. So like him bashing the nurse with the door and then <laughs> jumping over her, like that yeah. was his idea. He's really awful. and He's like over the top awful in this movie. Right. He says at one point, one of his lines is, you gotta train him. You gotta train him. And, like, and like, here's the thing. They want you to be okay with him dying. Oh, right. Yeah. So absolutely. they make him dreadful so that you're yeah. fine with him. You're like happy that he gets murdered. And he gets murdered right. in the dumbest way possible, which right. is great. Right. Um, <laughs> so. I don't know. Have you ever had uh, the, the gas at the no. dentist? Oh man, it's great stuff. I gotta say I mean, that. I, I'm watching it and I was like, I feel like I want to laugh like that, <laughs> but I don't want to die with that scary thing on my face. I, I this is a weird thing. I have talked to so many people. Like I had fillings as a kid. So many people had fillings as a kid for I some reason. I the fillings, but I just got Novocaine shots of death. Yeah, everyone else I know <laughs> got Novocaine shots. I got gassed like three times to do the fillings. Is that a um? A different area of the state country thing is that like a- I don't know. I have to talk to I've like talked to nobody else who's had the, the gas at the dentist. I don't know about bizarre. that. And my um, mom was like, "Hey, <laughs> I always talk about how cool it was that my body was floating above the chair." Holy shit! No, yeah, no. No, I got put into Twilight Sleep like when I had my like wisdom teeth out, but I wasn't stupid. I was just oh. Kind yeah, of asleep. Uh, so then we go back to the plant when we get feed me. Does feed it have me. to be human? Does it have <laughs> to be mine? <laughs> Does this look inanimate to you? That's so good. I feel like I want to say that about things. Um, <laughs> so the singing plant still looks good. It does. In Absolutely. Yes. Yep. It looks good. It like, looks good. Whatever, Practical effects, man, right like, there. Yes, whatever bullshit they did, speeding it up, slow, whatever the fuck, it looks. Incredible. It looks great. Yeah, that's yeah. That was my next. Does this look inanimate to you, punk? <laughs> <laughs> I like so many strong reservations. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. So then we jump back to the dentist, Bryce's girl, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. So fucking Bill Murray, yo. The fucking Bill Murray. He does that whole scene with like. Ten oh, pieces yeah. of cotton in his mouth. <laughs> Candy bar. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, is he super tall? Because, Bill Murray. Like, yeah. I don't well, know. because I don't think of Steve Martin as tall, but I felt like when he walked out, that he looked tall comparatively, oh, and I, I was know. like, maybe it was just the angle or whatever. But I like was confused. Um. That it's just it's so gross and so ridiculous, and he's so mad because yeah. he's getting a boner for it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I'm yep. gonna tell all my friends about you. <laughs> <laughs> and then poor Seymour, the drill, it's rusty. He goes, It's an antique. <laughs> <laughs> I know he tells him there's always time for dental hygiene. <laughs> 
fucking terrible. And then he, he's dead. And we. Um, I like he goes, give me a hand. Oh, I guess you wouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird. It's a Steve Martin does a good job of making that weird death happen. He that way. does, like yeah. he really does, and like you see Seymour's struggle because he's yep. in the in the Broadway show. There's little interludes where he sings about it. He's like, "If I do nothing, he's gonna die. Should I help oh, him? Yeah. Should I not?" Like, there's more. It's like I probably more drawn out. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I I'm sure they cut it for good reason, but I do think it it helps. You know, like. Yeah. But you can see him having that internal dilemma. And I'm like, could he be any worse at this? He's fucking dragging him down the stairs. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. But yeah. then the shadow chopping, like, that was pretty good. Shadow chopping's pretty good. Much next season. Yeah. And then I like when he's talking later, he cuts to him talking to Audrey, and she goes, I used to wear tasteless outfits, not nice ones like this one. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about Ellen Green's cleavage in this movie at all? I do. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I don't have anything to say about it. It's pretty out there. It's really there. And she's a dish, man. She looks great. And, yeah. like, she is tall. And, like, she just has a whole thing going on there. And I am very impressed at how she can sing Belt Out Suddenly Seymour with that much constriction and pushing mm-hmm. occurring. Uh, good for you, girlfriend. Uh, I need plus. suddenly see more. A and plus. the most awkward kiss in movie history. Yes, that's Between Ellen Green and <laughs> Mike Moranis. But like, you win. So, this is the other thing I wrote here. <laughs> I just skipped suddenly see more. But. No, no, no. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. But So, like, the girls come back, like, toward the end. And, like, every time they come on, I'm like, I missed you, girls. Like, I just <laughs> wish you were there the whole time. <laughs> The chorus, um, you mean? Yes, yeah. yes, the degree chorus. Um, yeah. I will say this. My lifelong ambition is to have a small dog, a wiener dog, <laughs> or a corgi, and to name, to name said dog Seymour, oh, and then constantly okay. be able to sing, suddenly Seymour, <laughs> to, to my dog, to my imaginary dog. Yeah. Um, so that's on the docket for mm-hmm. the future. Nice. I love that. <laughs> I love the song. He's so. I, I love that in your imagination, Rick Moranis is a small corgi. <laughs> <laughs> As the, you're only allowed to do that if you put like little t-shirts and glasses on it, like a little, a little sweater vest. <laughs> But you're not wrong. It's very good. It's so good. And then the chorus comes in suddenly. It's so good. Yeah, and like, it Rick so good. really can sing. And like the whole thing mm-hmm. works. It really works. He matches mm-hmm. her like very well. I love it. He's so sweet to her. She's never had anybody be sweet. Even like you said, like that there's deeper stuff going on. She says, for losers like I've been, it's so hard to say. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't think she deserves anybody being nice to her. She's happy it's happening, but it scares her. Like that is such a real thing yeah. to be summed up in two lines of a song in a movie about a plant eating people. Right? Like it's really good. Yeah. Um. So I love all of that. I hate when he's the one line is he purified me, which I don't like because that feels oh. slut shamey to me. So that's <laughs> yeah. a, like a minus a half a point for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really good. And then, yes, they have, I wrote lol yikes <laughs> about the kiss. <laughs> the kiss. <laughs> it's very, it's like how you lot. kiss a corgi, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it just licks you a lot and you're doing that thing. You're retreating your chin oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my because God. you like want it but you don't that's yep. a little what's happening part of it is 
at her wig and like mm-hmm. her, there's a lot of her neck there, which is like a weird angle. And she's so tall. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not good. Well, she's on like six inch heels for this whole movie. It's true. And she he walks back in all on cloud nine. And I love how Chewie opens the door for him. On the one side, he walks through the shop, walks out the other side, and it opens the other door and closes it for him. And he mm-hmm. doesn't acknowledge it like at all. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Like how much he's come to be used to this and then maybe not realizing how right. sentient and yeah. mobile the plant has become. Because mm-hmm. he's distracted with his, you know, great love. So I thought that was that was cool. And then, so where do these fuckers get guns? I want to know. Uh, it's Skid Row, I think. Is that just a thing? That's the explanation, maybe. I yes. don't know. <laughs> do you know a lot about Skid Row and guns? I know <laughs> everything about Skid Row. No, I don't know. <laughs> but then, so I think I know you were worried. I think this is my favorite dress that they wear: is the purple glitter. Oh yeah, I was thinking about that. That was really trouble. Come on, it's so good. So that whole scene that's where he's, sin- so sinister. Oh my it's god, so sinister. They creep in. You just mm-hmm. see what did I? Well, I wrote it all. Just you just see their gloves. You just oh, see their yeah. shoes. You just see little. I was yeah. just thinking it was so well put together. He feels terrible and trapped and scared. Mm-hmm. And the music is so good. It's supper time. And they sing yep. so wet. Like, it's so yep. good. So that whole scene is great. And I think that might be my favorite outfit because they look phenomenal and spooky. They do. They do. And then when the fuck did TV Guide start? Because what? What? they have a cover. Then they do the oh. next thing. <laughs> oh, so the yeah. next thing is a montage. Yeah. And TV Guide is, he's his face is on TV Guide. Oh, TV Guide. Is TV Guide still a thing? I, I we know. had TV TV's, guides. TV is not a thing anymore. Oh, April third, nineteen fifty three. Everybody. Holy crap! There's, okay. There's got to be like an online TV guide, right? I mean, I don't Do people know. Still get Does TV anybody guide? watches TV? Guys, anybody? write in and tell us if your old yeah, friends still get TV <laughs> guide. Let us know if your grandparents <laughs> still get the TV guide. Segue to my comment about Lost Boys, where he says, "Wait, you get TV guides? So you do have a TV?" He says, "No, just like to read the TV guide. You get the TV guide. You don't need a TV." You get TV Guide and Reader's Digest. I think Absolutely. that's a, a bundle pack. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of dogs, Audrey literally packs a stuffed dog in her suitcase yeah. when she's getting she's ready to go away. So in this moment, you notice that they both have changed their appearance. She mm-hmm. is wearing pastels. The mm-hmm. neckline of her shirt is up to her collarbone. Yep. She has little tiny flowers, like hairsprayed into her hair. No, oh, I didn't see that. He is wearing a suit. He has his hair combed back, like his suit fits him, sort of. That yep. is that was very noticeable to me. And then he proposes, and she like loses her little baby mind. Yeah, where'd she get that wedding dress from, though? Mm-hmm. I don't know. She have that shit in her closet because she is wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> She is definitely wearing a wedding dress. I like yeah. her little scrawny legs then kicking out of the plant. Yep. yep. And he Unsuspecting saves her. Jerks. Yeah. And then Jim Belushi shows up. Uh, sometimes he shows up, but yes, not all the not endings the original he shows ending. up. So you're talking about this, and this is what I need to ask you. I have not ever seen the original ending because it was not originally released. You must have. No. Nope. You must have. Nope. The old, Okay. Uh, I have listened to the Broadway show many times. So, so I, I don't know the timeline on this. I know what I remember is the ending where Rick Moranis electrifies mm-hmm. Audrey 2. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched the other because ending. Because that's all that was available for the longest time. 
of him electrifying Audrey too. And then they get away. Yeah. Yeah. I watched, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for this rewatch. And I oh, ended so up. Oh, so did you wa- watch the director's cut? I watched the director's cut so for the that's rewatch. Why. I am not sure which ending I think is the best, but you're saying you haven't seen the one, you haven't seen the other one. No. Um, I've read about it. I know what it is. Yeah. So if you haven't, the other ending is that they both get eaten and then the yep. plants take over the world. Yep. And the end of the show is like the Greek chorus kind of explaining that there were plants all over and don't feed There's the plants like, and look out here comes. And then they yeah. like at the end of the Broadway show, it like breaks through. The, it does like, that on the director's yeah. cut too. But there's so, like, a whole scene of like Godzilla plants rampaging yeah. downtown yeah. and all this and fire and expl- like lots of fire and explosions in buildings, especially like plants knocking through walls. They must have had that effect down or something. They were right, right. But so that tested really poorly. And I told yes. you the directors wanted that to be yeah. like that's what happens in, on the Broadway show. And people really like, you know, they wanted that, but people really didn't like that in the film version. And I will say, I think that the ending that they went with. I mean, I like that better. <laughs> so okay. I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I have some attachment to the the ending that I knew from watching it when I was a kid. Right. And I which is and the watching happy this ending. one, which is the happy ending. Yeah. But I also kind of really respect a show or a movie that's willing to not do the happy ending. This whole and movie I, is like yeah, I don't, Skid Road. Shit's rough, man. And, and I don't disagree with that, especially because it feels like it's one step removed from the real world. So it almost seems like a cautionary tale. And the last song is don't feed the plants. Like, and so right. it, it is right. like a different vibe, but it's not, I don't know. I like. I want to know what the hell, I've said this before on our podcast, but like, what the hell ever happened to DVDs with special extras on them? This is a perfect special extra. I don't understand why I can't just buy a, I wanted to just buy a version that was like, hey, can I just watch both endings? You could just tell and me. And at, at the very end of the happy ending, there is a bud of the plant in their perfect grass. Yeah. So it is yeah. open to kind of an ambiguous ending, which I think is a nod to that without really, right. I like to right. call that like, that's a nightmare in Elm Street ending where like right. well, house light turns back yep. on or you're not really yep. sure. That's like, the, yeah. Yeah. So um, I like how the Greek chorus walks by and the bridesmaid dresses and then there's just a little bud in the grass and then that's the end. Like mm-hmm. that electricity effect though. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, we did. That's what we did. Is we just animated blue flames on everything, <laughs> and all of the eighties and midnight, all the way to the uh-huh. midnights. There's a lot of like uh, gremlins. I'm thinking. I'm looking yep. at you. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, because yeah. electricity and fire, it's a pretty good murder method of supernatural creatures. <laughs> right. If we're you know if right. we're going that way. Um, not a lot of things. That was also very similar effect in Terminator. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Also aliens. So, you know, not aliens. Space guy. Spooky space guy. Yeah. Anywho. So, Paul, does this go on your canon? Yes, 100% goes on my canon. This is to the point in my canon where it's not just approved. This is at some point, I'm going to be like, we're watching Little Shop of Horrors. We're doing Sit it like down. a party. I mean, we're doing a Little Shop of Horrors party. Like Absolutely. Let's get our kids together yes. and we'll have a Little Shop of Horrors. We'll have that thing. <laughs> Yeah, and that'll be really fun. (laughs) It's so good. The music is so good. I feel that my kids will know some of the music, but I will wait until they're really ready to, like, appreciate 
it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it too early so that they're yes. like, this is lame. Um, Cause I, and I really think it holds up. Like the storytelling is great. The music's great. All the effects look great. Like it looks yes, it great. Looks good. I have a question for you. Uh, you have older small people in your life, nieces. I do. Have, do you know if they have seen this? No, but <laughs> I could make that happen. This is funny because Suddenly Seymour is also a song that if given the opportunity, my father will belt out. I mean, I come <laughs> I come by this honestly. I want you to yeah. know. Uh, my dad occasionally <laughs> listens. Hi, Papa. <laughs> and so, sorry I say that word so much, dad. Um, <laughs> but like. I mean, this is one that he occasionally sings. My nieces do like a musical, so I think that if I showed it to them in the right, like if we came over and had like a pizza party, like I think mm-hmm. they'd watch it with me, and I think they'd mm-hmm. play it. There you go. Or maybe that's what I'll do for our next sleepover. That's a, there's your oh, mission. Fun. Yeah, I can inflict that on them for now. <laughs> um, well, that's great. So, okay, well, that's all good. I love this. I had so much fun rewatching it. Me too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. If you want more nerdy goodness, find us online. Like we said, guys, tell us what you want us to do for the future. And also um, come be friends with us on Patreon because we're a delight. Uh, In two weeks, we're talking about what, Paul? Oh, we're talking about Cowboy Bebop. We sure are. Mm -hmm. So until next time. Keep the nerd alive. Saturday, sleepover.